How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast. I'm your host, Josh, or Jim Oscars, joined this week by special guest Robert Miolo, author of the book with no answers. Thank you for being here. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Josh. I appreciate you. Appreciate you coming on. Happy to have you here. Excited to, t- to chat a little bit. Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself, what you got going on, what you do? Awesome. Yep. So hi, everyone. My name is Rob. Uh, I live in Toronto. I'm currently working in the uh, marketing field uh, uh, for a financial institution out here. Um, but more proudly and importantly, uh, the author of uh, the book with no answers. Uh, it's a book I wrote last year um, that I'm really excited to, to tell you guys about. Awesome. I, I do want to touch on this. Uh, I also work in marketing. What, how did you get into it? And like, uh, do you, what do you actually like specialize in, if anything particular? Yeah, so right now I'm doing investment advisor websites. So uh, I work at a bank. We got about a thousand uh, investment advisors across the country and they each have their own website and they each have opinions about what that website should look like. Um, so I help them navigate that, help them create it, update it, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is they need to do. You get a lot of vague uh, suggestions that don't really help explain what it is they want. And then you have to keep giving them ideas and references back. Is that kind of how it goes for you too? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> roughly how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I spend, I'm recently spending most of my time trying to figure out how I can do this for myself because uh, mm-hmm. they all make about 30 times more than I do and would gladly pay uh, for the services I offer. So that's, that's really where a lot of my thoughts have been going recently. That's yeah. I, I do a lot of that on the side here with through, both through Digester Productions and then personally outside of that, even though I'm behind Digest Productions entirely. So it's, I do a lot of the marketing, social media management, like the advertising and stuff. And I get a lot of that where it's, Hey, I'd like, uh, you know, my website, uh, you know, to kind of like show this off or, and this off and like have this feature. I'm like, does this look good? No, I was thinking more like if you could just design it, uh, just come up with something different. It's like, all right. <laughs> That's uh that is the least helpful thing I could have received in in uh, feedback. But well, it's like we that, can make fifty yeah. versions of this website, but I think we both have better things to do. So let's yeah. let's like <laughs> agree on one. Yeah, that or getting something like denied and then being offered no alternative. Where it's like I don't want to do that. <laughs> All right, what are you thinking instead? I just don't want to do that. Why? I just I don't I don't want to do that okay just come back with better just come back with better okay well, it's a little subjective yeah. tons of fun yeah i i, I come from a, a advertising sales background and that was a lot of the same sort of stuff where we'd be designing ads for people and it is such a headache because like in i think part of it is like they have in their mind like oh these are the you know sort of what i think it'll look like and then they just make up this ridiculous thing in their head and then it comes back like what an ad will normally look like and they go oh that's not what i thought of it's like okay okay. but this is yeah in a better concise way of providing the information i think in their minds they thought they were going to be this grandiose steve jobs Mm -hmm. kind of creation of of advertising (laughs) and they were going to go down in some sort of history books and then you just send them something very practical that will work and yeah i know (laughs) It's a tough industry. Oh, you mean this is just like a, a good surefire way to get this to work? I was hoping we'd be more entrepreneurial with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What uh, what kind of clients do you have? Uh, all over the place. Like I have, uh, I have clients that work in like retail where it's like custom furniture and, uh, you know, I have a couple of authors, like self-published authors that try and promote stuff. Um, just I, I handle larger and smaller uh, if a number that are just like social media people where it's like, I just want to grow my YouTube account. I want to grow my, my Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And then I have some that are actually like, quote unquote, like established businesses where it's like, this is, you know, my restaurant and I'm, I'm trying to grow this. So it's, it's connections I had from past jobs and then people I've scoped out online or connected with in, in some way online. But yeah, it's kind of all over the place. One of the ones I work with a lot is uh, a custom wood furniture company and uh, it's been interesting because the people that own it uh, do not have any knowledge of like how it works they just they can they called themselves uh 
uh, what was the phrase? The serial entrepreneurs. <laughs> and what that means is his dad had money and helped him yeah. start businesses. <laughs> he watched a couple of YouTube videos, a couple of TikToks, and he's like, why learn how to build furniture yeah. when I can just hire someone to build furniture? Yeah. yeah. Just hire people to do it and then tell them that they're not doing it well enough and then mm-hmm. not know how it's supposed to be done properly anyway. Yeah. But yeah. And then they can Shopify website. Yep. Shopify. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I came into it. They had already established like they were, they were, I guess two years old when the, when I first got in touch with them. And uh, yeah, it's been interesting. I'm uh, I'm at the point where it's like, they're not taking my advice at all. So I'm just, I'm about mm. ready to just be like, we're going to go ahead and cut this off and go our separate ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think some, some, at some, every relationship ends and it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's up to someone to, to make I that I tell decision. my girlfriend that all the time, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, I wanted to get back to a little bit on top of it. it was the book with no answers. What uh, can you explain it for people, maybe, and how you came to to write this? Yeah, I guess the best way I could explain the book with no answers is I'm I was actually I I was and currently am a big fan of of self help books, um, mm-hmm. but my beef with them was they always tried to give answers based on their life. So they essentially Mm. just wrote one version of a book, put it out there and said, everyone should, you know, for the most part, follow this book. Mm. And I always thought, like, what would be a good way to to write a book that is tailored to the reader? And and how can I make a book that if someone reads it, it can be tailored to them? And then if someone else reads it, it can be tailored to that person as well. Mm-hmm. And the best way I was able to think of that is what if I write a book full of questions? Because if you write a book full of questions, every reader that reads those questions will answer it based on their own life. Mm-hmm. And that was the best way I could think of making a, a tailored, I like to call it a self-coaching book more than a self-help book. Because a book's really not telling you how to do anything. It's more mm-hmm. coaching. It's more enabling you to, to, to coach yourself and to, to ask yourself some hard-hitting questions, some thought-provoking questions that will ultimately um, allow you to find answers in your life that are tailored to you and who you are. So theoretically, if this one book can be read by a thousand different people and mm-hmm. they'll each have a thousand different a- uh, outcomes because the answers are different to each of those people based off their life, their passions, their hopes, their dreams, their wants, and all those things. So um, that was kind of the inspiration for the topic of the book. Um, and the, the inspiration for writing a book was, was much more dire, um, which was I was afraid that I was going to die one day and leave nothing behind. <laughs> and I thought, what, what's, what's something I can leave behind? And eventually I, I realized, you know, what never dies? Well, art never dies. Okay. Mm. Well, I can't paint. I can't draw. I can't sing. I can write. And we can, you know, read a book that's 2000 years old um, and it's still around. So if I can, you know, mustard up the energy and, and the ability to, to write a book, then I can find something that lives longer than me. So um, that's kind of how this all came about. Nice. I, my experience with these style of books in general, like a very, and I speak these styles in, in very general terms. Like I know, have you ever read the seven habits of highly effective people? Like the, Absolutely. Yeah. Sorts of it. This, again, this is my personal opinion. Do you ever find those, not necessarily that one, but like some of those styles, like self-help books, I guess in general, uh, like somewhat condescending at times. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're like, you don't already know this. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. There's that. Yeah, I think absolutely. first things first, I think is by Stephen Covey as well. I don't, I don't like I said, I, I've not read a ton of them because I, like I said, I found them to be like condescending. We read the seven habits. What was, there's like a, I don't know if it was the seven habits we read in school or like a not dumbed down version, but like a student aged version when I was in high school mm-hmm. and maybe seven habits of highly effect of highly effective teens, maybe or something. I don't remember. Okay. But we read that in a, in a humanities class and it was like, 
insultingly like dumbed down where it was like, you know what? Have you tried working? It's like, okay. <laughs> Have you tried not being a miserable person to be around? It's like, all right, well, God. It's like, yeah, yeah it, I don't know. Like, how do you avoid sounding condescending when you're writing a book that, I mean, obviously in your case, it's more questions like asking the the reader to sort of self-reflect in a way as opposed to here's the answer. But like, did you have to find a way to like avoid writing in that sort of style where it's more yeah, yeah. open-minded, I guess? Yeah, I definitely try to, you know, it, the, obviously when you write a book, there's 15 versions of it before you finally find the one you want to publish. And mm-hmm. the, the first couple ones were a little assumptuous, a little, um, you know, pr- pretending like I had answers that I didn't actually have because I thought that's what you had to do to make people believe in you is to have all the answers and, and to know everything and then people will trust you. Um, mm-hmm. But I tried to make the style more of a conversation with the best friend who cares about you. That's what the book feels like. And the obviously when you write a book, the first people that buy it are friends and family. And a lot mm-hmm. of them said, because they know me, is that it felt like I was just talking to you. I, I, like your voice carried through the pages and I felt like we were just having a conversation with a great friend. Um, so to, to, to your point about being condescending, well, if you have a, a good friend, they're really just, they just have your best interests at heart and they genuinely just want what's best for you. So they're not condescending. They're just trying to, trying to just help you find your way and, and help you find some answers in life. And, um, you know, the, the title, the book with no answers is, is definitely not misleading there's 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 no answers there's really not that much advice it's really mm-hmm. just posing some very common questions that we've all probably heard a billion times in the past in very just easy digestible ways that everyone can answer it and find mm-hmm. their own answers um and i think that's what helped it set itself apart from the typical self-help book nice yeah it's it's interesting i feel like there. <laughs> other than the the condescending I, I, I pulled it up too while you were talking some of the examples in the highly effective teen book uh be proactive which is like okay uh begin <laughs> with the end in mind just like okay mm. put first things first i'm like I, I as you go through these i'm like these aren't really useful in at a certain point yeah. seek first to understood then be understood it's like sure think win-win synergize and sharpen the saw which uh renew yourself evaluate like to me i was like some of these things seem like so like blatantly obvious it's like is this really useful information where it's like oh yeah Yeah. i should do my work and like have a plan like got it (laughs) and like listen to other people like advice yeah just i don't know yeah and i i redundant wasteful i know yeah and then do you find that um you know, it, it, because, because the problem is the self-improvement and the, uh, the journey of self-discovery is super important, but mm-hmm. you find that, okay, you, you sit down and you say, I want to improve myself. Well, maybe an easy way to do that is to buy a book and then mm-hmm. you buy this book and it's just like slapping you in the face essentially. And it almost does the opposite. Like, where hey, you're like, dummy, oh, you, know you tried doing okay. anything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I get to like where the author could come from in some of these where it's like you have to appeal to like more than just the person who is like experiencing writer's block or, you know, just like somewhat depressed or whatever, like whatever. You have to try and appeal to as many people as possible in order for it to be like an actually like effective writing book like material. But at the same time, it's like how far down like the totem pole do you go? Or it's like try waking up in the morning. You yeah. know, it, exactly. Yeah, but like I said, I, I do understand like you can't just narrow it down too specifically. Otherwise, it's not really helpful to most people. But I yeah. the same. I, I feel like it's a similar experience you can have in a lot of different aspects, like not necessarily like a self-help thing, but more uh, from the perspective of like getting started with a particular business or things like that. Like I notice it a lot with what I do where uh, like on our website, even I have like starting tips for people like getting started on like YouTube, Instagram, so on and so forth. And it 
I put that out there just for everybody on our, our site because it's obvious information. And like we have like a, you know, you can sign up to be like partners and things like that on our website. And like we provide, like we'll sit down and like work with people more in depth. But it's like, I'm not going to charge people to like explain the basics of how like stuff works. And that's what I get frustrated with, with like some things where it's like, how do I like improve like my search results for on YouTube? And like, have you tried making better content? It's like, all right, well, that doesn't help people. You know, it's same thing with like, have you tried better like tags? It's like everyone knows, like for the most part at this point, everyone knows like hashtags and things like that on like Twitter, for example. Uh, Like, of course, you have to use the right hashtags to get noticed in the in the results and what's trending and things like that. But how do you stand out from all the other people using the exact same hashtags? And that was one of the frustrating things for me when trying to come up with like a, uh, you know, reusable plan for people or like a guy, like a specific guideline. It's like, all right, here's the, you know, step-by-step, like how we can work through this. Uh, Because it's just, it's, there's so much information, especially with the way like the internet is constantly updating, like YouTube in particular, the way the YouTube algorithm works is constantly being changed and tweaked like coming up with a way to provide information that's almost always going to be useful to some extent is hard because a lot of it's just basic or a lot of it is hard to find online. And I feel like that's kind of the same way in some aspects with improving oneself at times where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck in life. I, I don't like my job. I need to make more money, but I can't get a better job. Like that sort of thing. I'm sure we all know people that are like that where it's, they want a better job or they want to move somewhere because where they live now is terrible, but they don't have the money to move somewhere else because they need a better job. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that like, you know, in, in with the current, I guess, generation and the way things are with TikTok and Instagram, I think mm-hmm. when people say, like when you watch a, a video and someone's selling a course and mm-hmm. people say, Oh, it's a scam. What they yeah. really mean is they're charging you for things you can just Google. Yeah. That, that's what a, a scam in 2023 is. Mm-hmm. Is just charge people for things that if they spent 17 seconds, they could just find themselves. And that's why I, I like how you do that with your business. And I think it actually mm-hmm. helps build confidence with your customers is like, hey, he's giving me all this information for free on his site. So I know if mm-hmm. I go to him and, and pay for this consulting service that I'm going to get above and beyond what I would get if I just typed in how to be the next Mr. Beast. Like you're, you're going to offer me something that's more than, than, than what you could find on Google. And I think that's the same thing with self-help books. And it's, you know, if you read, if you ever read comments on self-help books, all of the Mm -hmm. negative comments say the same thing. You could just Google everything that's in this book. That's what Mm -hmm. people get upset. Well, like I said, I just Googled what were the seven habits of highly effective teens. And I got a whole infographic about it. (laughs) Save myself probably like 15, 20 bucks or whatever. But yeah, I actually had a discussion. Yeah. I had a discussion with somebody earlier today about this actually. Buddy of mine, he was he wants to start his own business. Uh, but he doesn't I mean he he handle he wants to make custom wood uh instruments like ukuleles. Um I actually forget what else he had violins or something. I can't remember exactly what all he had he had in mind. But he's like, I don't know anything like marketing wise. He's like, I, I know how to make stuff. Like I, he's like, I know my, my, my lane. And, uh, yeah, I was, he was, yeah, I was explaining to him like, you know, you, you can do what some people do and just set up like email, like newsletters, right. Where it's just providing information on like what you do, like how it's made, things like that. Like on your website, it's just providing as much information as possible for free and like connect with people other than what I've seen some businesses do where it's bombard you with just advertisements and just it, their whole plan is to just get you to buy their product. There's no personality behind it at all. It's clearly a numbers game. And the same thing is kind of applied in a lot of aspects of what I do where it's more about, especially like online, like personality sells, right? Like that, that's why influencers and like these popular YouTubers and Instagram influencers are so popular. It's like they're selling themselves essentially. And then at the same time, 
you know, making these posts about like, oh, this is what I did today. Oh, also like it's sponsored by whatever. And, you know, they're, they're having like little product placements in there and whatnot, but the majority of their time is spent getting people to like them as a person or a creator. A lot of times they're different when the camera's not on, I guess, but to an extent they're, they're selling them themselves and their personality to the widest audience possible. And yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, that's one, that's one thing I learned in doing the, the my day job, which is mm-hmm. uh, helping high net worth advisors is that, you know, the, the services they offer are not special. Every bank offers mm-hmm. them and really the knowledge they have, you know, there's a lot of smart people in that industry. The, the reason they have their clients is because they invest the clients invest in the advisor, the trust, the mm-hmm. ability to to know that they have their best interest at heart, things like that. And even like you were saying with YouTube personalities, like I'm a I started playing golf a couple of years ago and uh, I follow uh, this guy, Grant Horvat, who's a golf player. But he's like a YouTube golf player. He's not. I mean, he's not on the professional tour. So he's definitely, yeah. you know, there's people way better at golf than him. But because he has the reason he has his big following is because he's entertaining and engaging and it's really good at explaining himself and obviously makes a ton of content. Um, so yeah, pe- people buy from people more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, a lot of that like quick sell stuff is, is, um, and you've probably seen this working in the industry you work in is like a lot of that, like drop shipping, you know, buy something yes. from China, sell it for four X. That's mm-hmm. a lot of like, okay, get the Amazon ad, get the Facebook ad, convert, convert, convert. It didn't work. Okay. Try another ad, try another ad, AB test like crazy. Um, and that maybe that works if you're just trying to make a couple bucks, but like a long-term business, something you love, like, you know, the stuff that me and you do things we actually Mm -hmm. love. We wouldn't be doing a podcast at 7 PM on a Monday if we didn't love this. Um, that takes time. And I think, you know, eventually if you stick with it long enough and you're genuine online, that's what people will buy into is, is your passion and, and your authenticity. Yeah. It, it's interesting too. Like you said, like over time, it'll like the fruits of your labor essentially will come to fruition. It's interesting watching like a lot of these people where like Mr. Beast, for example, where people are like, he blew up overnight. And it's like, for sure. Like he, he did become wildly successful, seemingly out of nowhere. But this is also a guy that was online for years before he became like successful. And that's how it is with a lot of these people. Where it's like they, I mean, you can go back and it's like, oh, here's a video I uploaded in 2010. It's like, oh, they have been grinding away at it. They just had that one moment of virality that really jump started everything. But yeah, it's hard, hard to call him an overnight success when he started at 12 years old. Yeah. But yeah, like I, like you mentioned the drop shipping thing, like that's absolutely a thing I've seen working with like some furniture uh, companies where it's like, all right import this market up 400% and then we'll do like wholesale, like half of that. And it's like, good God, you are making boatloads of cash for seemingly no work whatsoever. <laughs> but then they, yeah. a lot of times too, like it, it shows because like people get it, they've get a lot of returns cause it's damaged and shipping. Cause they're just rushing through, excuse me, they're rushing through the entire process. It's, there's no care involved. It's just, numbers on a, a screen essentially same thing with like uh some businesses where it's like the people working there are just warm bodies in a position meant to get like work done and i, I when i say i mean like literally just get work done in in general like it they're just thrown around pushed around to like just get stuff done and to me like that that's what rubs me the wrong way in some cases too i'm like man you just if you put care into this, these people, like the employees will like respect you a lot more. They'll be willing to like work a lot harder for you because they know that it, it actually means something to you and you're looking out for their best interests. And then a lot more often than not, it, it doesn't, doesn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah, yeah, like absolutely. you said, it's, it's all right, let's get the Amazon ad up. Let's get, you know, Etsy, let's get, uh, you know, uh, promoted listings on Etsy. Let's get Wayfair started up, get some advertising going over on there, you know, get a Google ads up, Facebook ads up, let's get our, our email newsletter set up, uh, scrape this website, get as many email addresses as we can, send this out. It's like, all right, you're just, 
you're just breezing right through this. I've, I've had so many discussions where it's like, you can't just grab people's email addresses and start spamming them with emails and expect them to buy products from you. Doesn't, no, yeah, that's, that's, that's not the way of serendipity of purchase happens. It's, it's no. more like, even if, cause like, you know, that's not that far from targeted ads on Instagram of saying, I'm going to target this person, but for the user, it feels much more serendipitous if they're scrolling through their feed and they see your furniture store um, yeah. and they go, Oh, okay. Even though it was targeted to them, they don't fucking, they didn't know that. They just, they just thought, Oh, okay. Um, I see this furniture store. Well, wow. He makes wood violins. This is very interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. But a lot of those drop shipping people, the reason they do that is because they were told it works and mm-hmm. sure it works for i don't know uh one out of a hundred people that open up a drop shipping store but to mm-hmm. think about all the, the different you know bracelet companies um and uh mosquito trap companies that have opened up for a couple months they tried some ads spent a thousand dollars didn't work closed and now they felt like oh man i got i got scammed because i bought this course i tried this thing and it didn't work um, I think, I think that all comes back down to like, that's cause you didn't give a, sh- you didn't give a shit about any of the things you were selling. You just mm-hmm. thought you can make some money because, you know, Dan Locke told you you could and, and, <laughs> and now you're, you know what I mean? And, and now $3,000 later, you realize it didn't work. Whereas mm-hmm. someone in that exact same position, but, but doing it for their wood, uh, violin company that they love wouldn't be so discouraged because they go, this is just part of the process. Okay. These ads didn't work. I'll try these other ads or I'll try a newsletter. I'll try an Instagram account or a YouTube page. If you love it, you'll just keep going forever because you just, you just love what you're doing. The reason that some people feel disgruntled or or burnt out is because they never loved it to begin with. They just, they just thought it would work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's like I said, that's exactly where it is with the the one furniture company that I'm looking at cutting ties with because it is literally that where it's we had a conversation a few months ago where it's like, all right, uh, we just want to, you know, we want our YouTube to get big. Like we want a lot of views on there. We want to build that up. So it looks like we're a more organic company. Uh, we have this new product we want to, you know, design, get that pushed out, uh, you know, get more traffic on like our, you know, Instagram, Facebook. I'm like, all right, but like, what are you doing with like YouTube? Just upload video. People like this. It's like upload, upload this. It's like, all right, but there's no personality behind it. This is just like, you're just uploading content, just upload content and expecting people to watch it because you're paying to have it promoted. Like people don't want to buy yeah. like from you if you're doing that. And uh, yeah, they, <laughs> I went down, they have like a workshop and I went down there today and I was talking to the guy, uh, the master craftsman. And uh, he's like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like they're coming down here, telling me how to do this, and they have no idea what's going on. And uh, he's like, "I, I'm the only person do, that knows how to do this, and uh, they expect me to do the work of like six people." I'm like, "I get you, man. Like, I get you. I'm sorry. I just handle the marketing. Don't kill me." <laughs> yeah, to me that to me that sounds like their angle to whatever that guy's name is to mm-hmm. to have him maybe be the face of the company and show that they actually care That's- about. The craftsmanship around the furniture. That's what I told it. He, uh, they said, "Oh, you should, uh, like put us like on your website and should you work with us?" And I'm like, "I'm like, no. I'm like, you don't even put your own faces on your company's website. They have a page like Meet Our Team. They have every employee on there except for the the owners. They don't want to be. (laughs) I'm like, that's telling if you're not willing to stand by your own product. Yeah, that's that's sketchy." Yeah, my photo's on our website, on the Dead Just Productions website. I think I have, I'm on like two different pages, maybe. I know at least one. I put my face on there. To be fair, it's yeah, hard not to stand behind your product. because I'm all over my YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Like I am literally the content is me, but yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. I stand by what I do. I feel like if you're, if you're not willing to stand by what you do, then maybe you shouldn't be doing what it is you're doing. Yeah, know. Absolutely. And I think, um, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah. I I think, uh, you know, if, you know, something for your, for, if there's something I can tell your listeners about this topic is like the one thing I learned writing a book, especially 
a book like this where I talk a lot about my past and I talk about some things that I'd honestly rather not talk about is that the the work has to be the reward. It's the only way you won't be disappointed. And if I, I, I just think back and I remember saying, I'm just going to write the book because I want to write a book. And everything else that happens afterwards, it doesn't matter to me. But if I said, I want to write a book because I want to get popular on Instagram. I want to start doing public speaking. I want to charge 50K a speech. I want to get on Joe Rogan one day. I would have been very I would have already been incredibly disappointed because mm-hmm. the odds of those things happening are very have low. You not been on Rogan? I have not been on Rogan. Uh, no, it's, I mean it's a goal of mine, but if it doesn't happen, I'll I'll sleep fine at night. You know what I mean? My um, grandfather, my entire childhood, just give up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just give up. He does that now. I'm an adult, and he keeps telling me to give up every time any issue pops up. I'm like, I'm just changing the light. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. Just trying to boil some water. That's literally a true story. It's like, uh, it is, it's so funny. Like my grandfather's one of those people where it's like, he will hundred percent like get behind like any idea like you have, or it's like, I want to do this. Okay. Yeah. Go give it a shot, whatever. But if it takes more than five minutes, he's like, it's just not worth it. It's too hard. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's scenarios where it's like literally like a light bulb is like on the frit. We have uh Phillips hue bulbs in our house and like the smart bulbs. And the one was like flickering a tiny bit. And I'm like, oh, I'll take it out. I think there's just something stuck in there. He's like, you just get a new bulb. It's not worth it. I'm like, I can just fix this really quick. Eh, let's get a new one. Like stuff like that. Like, oh, you, your belt buckle broke. Oh, I can fix that. It just needs a new screw. It popped out. Ah, just throw it away. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm willing to put in a minuscule amount of effort just to fix problems. It's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty rare for someone from his generation. It's interesting. It, it is weird. He's because he's not. What is it? It's the uh, is it the silent generation. I think is what it's called because it's before baby boomers. Oh, okay. I think that's what the the generation is called. I, think so. I don't know. He's eighty seven years old. Good for him. He I can't give him a hard time. But yeah, it's it is it is funny because he is someone that like worked his ass off his entire life, and now I guess he's just old enough to be like, ah, screw it can't be bothered to do any of this but he's like i said he's he's very active he's still outside he picks he's the guy that like needs his lawn to be like immaculate can't have a single leaf like on the ground can't have like any sticks anywhere but if i were to have like a task to do i should just give up it's not worth it wow. the yin and yang of his personality is actually very fascinating it's 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 kind of funny uh he's he's the type of guy that gets disappointed if you don't eat cake and ice cream Two seconds after finishing dinner. That's that's oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I can sympathize with that one. I'm a I'm a big cake and ice cream guy. So I can sympathize there, with that. There's one. a plate sitting about two feet to my left that had some leftover cake that I I finished up before the call here. <laughs> we, had a, we had a cake over Thanksgiving into the weekend. For no reason really. He he just wanted cake, yeah. I guess, so he bought one. Yeah. Who needs a reason? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm, it's it's like a guilty pleasure thing. Like the people that have listened to the podcast know that I I got really into fitness. Let me take that back. I got somewhat into fitness during COVID. I've maintained mm-hmm. like trying to put on weight and like bulk up a little bit, get some muscle mass. And I've succeeded in doing so. Uh eating a bit more healthy, but man, I, I do still like I, I have way more cheat days than I should if I'm aiming to be like in really good shape, which thankfully that's not my goal. But like I made chocolate mousse last night and that's probably the most unhealthy dessert I probably could have made because it's literally just heavy whipping cream, which is not great for you, combined with sugar, combined with chocolate, combined with more sugar and heavy whipping cream. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't sound so great. So then is that I'm curious. as you went through your health journey, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like maybe you were a skinnier guy who tried to put on a, a couple pounds of yeah, muscle. It's no, exactly what Did it is. You, like I, I was yeah. like I'm six foot, six foot one ish, like somewhere in between there. Uh and I had the during COVID, I think I was like like the beginning at least, I was going into that at like one thirty five 
or something. I was like, I need to bulk up a little bit and I've got time. So like I would do, I did that and I would just sit here all day. And like, while I was, I was streaming every like eight or nine hours a day, every day, I would just sit here and like eat and like snack, not necessarily on like junk food, but like, I would just eat like, you know, grilled chicken or whatever. We'd buy like boneless skinless chicken breasts in bulk. I'd have like that. I'd have like little nuts and things like that. Just getting a lot of protein. And I just bulked up and I was sort of working out at the time, but not like I am now. But I I was just trying to put on weight so that I had something to like fall back on while I'm exercising and actually like trying to get in shape. And uh, yeah, I I mean, it worked out. You can see the I don't remember if it was like during the show or if I was talking to him afterwards on our recent uh, 200th episode that was on our web on uh, YouTube. Uh, this was the first time I was on camera in ages. And I remember talking to Klaus, who's like my part-time co-host buddy of mine. I was like, man, I, I'm happy with how I look on camera. This is good. <laughs> yeah. That's a good yeah, feeling. It, yeah. Like it, it's interesting. Cause like I'm, da- I'm not the guy that like goes into the mirror and like, Oh, look at me. I'm looking good. Whatever. Like I, I, I don't care. I've never really cared about how I looked, but I, like, I just wanted to like put on some weight because it's like, I'd like to be in decent shape at least. It's, it's nice. It's nice to be in shape, especially since I'm like big into soccer. Like I like, it's been a while since I've been so busy, but a couple like I, I used to be in like rec leagues for soccer and things like that. And uh, it's nice to be in shape for stuff like that. Not being pushed around by people who are just in average shape just because I'm too skinny to have any muscle on me. So were you, uh, were you like me where when you told people it's hard to put on weight, you got absolutely zero sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, when you get like everyone I talk to, oh, yeah. Well, when you get older, you're going to be wishing you wouldn't be able to put on weight. And I'm like, yeah. okay. But like, I have like self control. Like, it, yeah. it's, I'm not going to get to the point where it's like, oh, I need to lose weight. It's like, no, I'll just maintain it. Like, if I see like I'm putting on weight, I'll work it off, I'll manage my diet. You know, yeah, dial it back a bit. So my, my buddies always go, oh, it must be nice to be able to eat McDonald's every day and not put on weight. Yeah, here's the difference. I don't yeah. eat McDonald's every day. Exactly. That's the difference between <laughs> you and me. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Like, that's what it was like. Uh, I know when I was a kid, I was always saying stuff like that, too. And, like, I'd have, like, relatives like, oh, I used to be skinny when I was your age. Now I wish I could lose weight. It's like, you eat fried food four meals out of the day somehow. Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of course you struggle to lose weight yeah yeah weight is very much a math equation how much you take in versus how much yeah. you burn off like that that's another to thing too where it's like the difficulty in finding information online like i know talking with like people i know now where it's they it's not that they have a bad diet as in they eat a lot of junk food it's like they don't eat enough calories they think by like half starving themselves they'll lose weight and like that's not how it works like you can't eat 800 calories a day and lose weight. Like you'll just stagnate and be miserable all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely a, there's definitely better ways to go about it. That's for yeah. Sure. Do what I do. Eat cake and chocolate mousse. <laughs> and <then work laughs> and podcast. And Congrats podcast. on 200, by the way. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It, it's 200 episodes for this show. It's probably closer. I'd have to go back and check. This is the fourth like actual podcast i've done we're probably i've probably done close to like five or six hundred episodes of podcasts over over the years now it's freaking insane (laughs) i don't you mentioned like having the work be the reward and like i think the podcast is a good example of that for me where it's like i just do this because i enjoy it there's a a while like i still have them in the description like we we would do ad reads and things like that and i just got tired of doing them I was like, I, I don't really make any money off the podcast. I'm like, so whatever. I'd rather not have them interrupt the flow of the show and just have fun talking. Um, yeah, for the yeah, most part, like, yeah, no, exactly. I, just, I just do what I enjoy. That's why I stopped streaming. I just didn't enjoy it anymore. I there, I do have ideas for YouTube stuff I want to do, but it's just, eh, we'll get around to it when I feel like it. It's not a pressing matter. I have other stuff I'm yeah. you know, having more fun with at the time. Well, streaming is like streaming it's is exhausting. a grind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely it exhausting. is like 
your only hope is if you're doing it six, seven hours a day. Uh, and I did if you're not eight, 14 years old, hours a day. Between eight and nine hours a yeah. day, seven days a week, I did that during the, the lockdowns in COVID. And to be fair, it did pay yeah. off. And then I was like, I need health insurance because I'm, I'm I have <laughs> medical bills. And so I went back to to my real job at the time. And I'm like, I should have just stuck with Twitch. <laughs> yeah, like, it wasn't worth it at the time. I ended up, I left like three months later. I was like, I hate it here. I'm leaving. Like, uh, oh well. Hey, at least now my Twitch channel is dead. All the momentum I built up is gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Twi- yeah. Twitch is uh, Twitch is a tough one. It, but it again, like, yeah, Twitch- I, I'm, I don't miss doing it realistically. No, no. If you, unless you're, you know, 14 years old, I don't know how you possibly stream that much. I don't get. Mm-hmm. So I get when you, when you're a popular streamer, if you're like, you know. Mm-hmm. I show speed or something like that. Okay, sure, I understand doing it. You make fifteen million dollars a year, yeah. but to stream that much and there's like three dudes watching it, and you just hope that the next time there's four or five, just mm-hmm. that grind is very admirable. It's I don't know sort how people of do it. like at first for us, like the first week, it was sort of like that, and then for whatever reason, we just got like, like you said, like four one day, five the next day, sort of thing. And then we got like 10, then it jumped to 25. And then after a couple of weeks, we got uh Twitch affiliate. And then a couple months later we hit partner and I was like, all right, cool. We have like a couple hundred people watching. This is neat. And mm-hmm. you know, we had like, people were donating a little bit, not don't get me wrong. It's not like people are donating hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but like we had donations mm-hmm. coming in at least. And I was like, this mm-hmm. is cool. But it, it wasn't enough to like make a career out of it. I, I think had I kept streaming, it would have just stagnated and then fallen off realistically because I just I would have burnt myself out. Uh, it was whatever the, the viewers recommended. I would just be like, all right, pick the next thing we do. Next game we play, next thing we do on stream. And they would just pick random stuff and we would use their donations. We had we had split up. They could they could donate and then that would be like that would pay whatever game they'd pay for whatever game they wanted me to play or whatever. Or we had a uh, an Amazon wish list that they could donate to, where they could just buy random products and then send it to me, and I would use the products, whatever they were. More often than not, it was like food, like random foods and things like that. They're terrible. We had uh, what is it, Rocky Mountain oyster jerky? It's like bull testicles, like dried bull testicles, essentially. That was that was literally painful. Like it, it, yeah. it didn't taste terrible. It was just nothingness, but it was so dry that I like it literally hurt my teeth trying to pull it off and like bite into it. That, that was probably the worst experience I had streaming, just because it how physically painful it was. I was like, I can't, I can't finish this, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah, that like dried insects and things like that, um, just all sorts of weird things. Um, yeah, they eat on stream. They could donate to like get whatever game they wanted to to play, things like that. So I think having the the viewers in charge of the stream effectively helped bring in more viewers because like, oh, I want to bully this person online. <laughs> yeah, but it was all fun. We had a good time. That's a that's a good one. I got really into uh, uh, what there's like a. Cricket uh, protein powder. I got really into cricket protein powder for a while. Interesting. I, I somehow got convinced that it's a, and, and maybe it is a, a more sustainable source of protein for the environment. So I, mm-hmm. I was like, Let, let's give it a shot. Let's see what cricket. I so I thought I was buying cricket protein powder. Turns out I actually just bought ground crickets, which is significantly different than cricket <laughs> protein powder because it's not mixed with anything. So mm-hmm. I would make a smoothie and open up the ground crickets and put it in there it's just like (laughs) the smell from the bag and then the smell from the smoothie was just like brutal um so i think there's a way to make it there's a way to make it popular if you could figure out the grossness of of crickets but Mm -hmm. um it's also really expensive too i'm like why is crickets why is it so expensive why is like 30 dollars for like a you know a quarter pound bag or something like that 
I think it was crickets they sent me, like flavored ones. It's not on the list anymore because they had already ordered it, so it disappears immediately. Um, mm. But yeah, it was like the there were tiny little boxes, probably like roughly the size of a credit card, dimensional wise. Obviously, like a little bit thicker than that. But it was they had like flavor, like I think it was like salt and vinegar, uh, maybe barbecue or something. I, I can't remember. Um, but like every single the salt and vinegar one I could taste because it it tastes like gar. I don't like salt and vinegar, but you could taste the vinegar on it. It was like, ugh. but like for the most part, they were just it was like eating grass. Like it was just like a very light crunch as you'd eat it. And I was like, all right, this could be worse. Like it, I didn't hate it. I just didn't like salt and vinegar flavor. Like that. The we have wild game meat sticks, which are just a bunch of exotic beef jerky uh, jerky essentially where you have like kangaroo alligator uh what is this turkey i don't even know what some of these are and a pig but yeah you got like stuff like that there's like <laughs> uh like the weird flavored sodas uh scorp like an edible scorpion octopus jerky canned rattlesnake like, <laughs> Things like that. They would they just loved they loved that. They got mad because we did I did a stream in Dark Souls 3 where I promised every time I die, I will take a shot of hot sauce. And I set it up so I had I forget if I had armor on or not, but I know I used a broken straight sword, which is the weakest item in the game. And I died like eight times over the course of the game only. <laughs> and they're like, oh come on. And so like we'd do we'd start doing like challenges in the middle of it where it's like, all right, we're gonna have we're gonna like fight these guys as well. We don't even have to do this. We're gonna do this just to see what happens. Just so that they could see me do like more shots of hot sauce. Cause it was it was a game I was super familiar with. So I, I wasn't struggling in the slightest. So that was kind of a, a charity on their behalf, I guess. Letting them do that. Man, COVID COVID lockdowns were a a wild wild time <laughs> led you to do a bunch of wild wild things Speak, yeah. speaking of wild we we mm. met on reddit what's yes. uh what do you what are your thoughts are on on uh well, i think we met on the podcast uh subreddit podcast exchange. What, what's your experience there yeah it's interesting like i we've gotten a lot of guests from there uh i do i i reach out to a ton of people on there because i just like talking to people on the show here i'm happy to have pretty much anyone on they're <laughs> We've had I've had a lot of good experiences with Reddit. Sometimes people reach out and I guess they get like cold feet, maybe, which I'm like, fair enough, whatever. I'm not gonna give them a hard time about it. I've had people reach yeah. out directly through our website as well, and sometimes that's funny. Like we've had, uh, I forget how many episodes ago it was one or only a couple episodes ago we had uh, uh, people on to maybe it was longer ago because I lose track. But yeah, episode two hundred and one. Uh, Devin Sarna, she's like a public speaking coach, and yeah, that was that was another one where she just contacted me through the website. We had a guy reach out once who was a he was running for office, I think, like a political office. Uh, I think I forget exactly what it, he was doing at the time, but he was a mayor from New York, not the city, but like the state. Forget where exactly. Who had like gotten arrested for like embezzling funds. <laughs> <laughs> and it was i of course i like do like some research into the guests uh if i'm able to like a lot of times on reddit you can't because it's just random people reaching out um but in this case i was like oh this is like an actual person i can find and so i like googled his name and it's like this whole list of like oh embezzled funds like in prison for some amount of time got in trouble for this or i'm like oh this is interesting but like his message was was so funny because it made no mention of like any of that sort of thing where it's like, hey, I'm I was, you know, a political candidate at one point. I'm a retired firefighter. I'm like, oh, OK, cool. <laughs> it's like the 180 is just like, oh, this is very different than what I thought this is going to be. I was trying yeah. to find yeah. I'll oh, see man. if I could find the, the email I got from him because it was. I was very. Oh, yeah, this is what it was. I'd love to be a guest on your show. I'm a retired firefighter, legislator, mayor, union rep, and new podcast host. And uh, I was like, oh, cool. 
I looked them up. I was like, oh, and I, I even still, I was like, oh, you know what? I, I've said it before on the show and I continue to say it. I will have anyone on the show as long as they're not like spewing hate, essentially. I'm like, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, give people a platform as long as it's within reason. I'm happy to have anyone on. Everyone deserves to have like a, at least a platform to, even if like I'm arguing with them, it's fine. Like we need to have some discourse. I can't just sit here and agree with everybody all the time. You need to have more than just yeah. my opinion. So like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can definitely come on the show. And then uh, I was like, do you mind if we like mention this? And then I never heard back. from him. <laughs> <laughs> do you think I can bring up your embezzlement from the state of New York? Yeah. Well, it was, uh, <laughs> It was it was interesting, but yeah, going back to your original question, I guess uh, I we've had good luck from from Reddit. We've gotten a ton of guests from there, not just even from podcast guest exchange, uh, just from Reddit in general. Like I I do a ton. Of, I don't post a lot. Very, it's very rare I post anything on Reddit or comment anything. Um, but I go through like small YouTubers. YouTube startups, like things like that, where I will go through and reach out to people who are uh, like posting stuff for content creation related areas and just see like, hey, would you like to come on? Like, I'd be happy to chat with you about your channel and this and that. And like, it helps promote them. Even small creators, like it doesn't benefit me at all to have like a small creator on the show. They don't have like an established audience that's going to come in and listen to the episode. But like, I just enjoy talking with them. And if anything, like I can drive a few viewers, listeners, whatever, over to their content. Happy to do so. If, if people enjoy listening to them on here, I've contacted people directly on YouTube as well. We had uh, the amazing Pat Pat on months ago. I forget what episode it was at this point. He's a YouTuber. Just contact. I just saw one of his videos on YouTube, went to his channel and was like, oh, this is cool. Contacted him. He came on the show Been chatting with him since. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that goes back to you just you just seem to really enjoy YouTube and conversation. And Mm -hmm. if you if you keep that up, then then how could you ever be like, uh, you know, it's easy to to wake up and and, and do a podcast or or in this case, you know, uh, stay up at 7 p.m. on a Monday and do a podcast when just like the, the conversation is, is good enough for you and you meet a, a new YouTuber and, and learn something about it. Yeah, I just I get a lot of that you have a, a, a lot of passion and, and, and care and you're just genuinely very curious individual about about not only YouTube, but just about people's stories and their backgrounds and just trying to learn as much as you can. Yeah, like I said, like, I, I just thoroughly enjoy talking with people. It's one, because I I learn a lot about different areas of expertise. Like I've had authors on and I like to write a lot, but I would, I have no idea like how to go about publishing or anything like that. And like, we've had guests on that have self-published through a variety of means. And it's, it's super informative to me. We've had like film producers on talk about like the process of getting a film, like the budget for it and everything like that and getting like casting and just all the different processes involved from start to finish and making a film, uh, you know, like mental wellness. Uh, we have friends that are paramedics. We had them on super early on in the, in the show, but just people from all sorts of different fields. It's fascinating to me listening to like their stories, you know, their backgrounds and like all about their, their career fields. And it's, it's super interesting to me learning about all these different things. So like, I'm always happy to, to chat with people, even if it's not something like I would, normally have like an interest in like like i said like mental wellness at the time i was just like i have no idea how this fits into our show but i'm happy to talk about it great episode loved chatting with her you know it it, Mm -hmm. it's just fun i just thoroughly enjoy it by the side note by the way i i had to pull up the uh i pulled up the news report on the the guy i was talking about is a wire fraud scheme to defraud defraud his supporters by stealing campaign contributions for his personal benefit (laughs) So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Good that's, that's not what you want to see in a candidate. No, no, it's not. Uh, it sucks. He didn't want to talk about it. That is unfortunate. And, you know, one one thing that um, you're talking about, the, the self-publishing process, I obviously did a lot of research around what it takes to to publish a book and the steps around it. And 
thankfully with Amazon, it's super easy to go around the actual logistics of getting your book published and printed and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. the, the process of writing a book, I don't think anyone quite prepared me for how insanely painful it, it can sometimes be, especially mm -hmm. the part, um, the editing part, because I, I think I'm a decent writer, but my ability to um, use the right punctuation and grammar and to, to edit properly, I think is probably pretty limited. Um, yeah. So I hired a professional editor and what they don't prepare you for is when you write a book, anyone who's, who's read the book um, will know there's a lot of parts in there that are incredibly you know, deep and personal and I really put mm. myself out there. And as painful as that is, it's even worse to go through all that and show your editor and they go, eh, not that great. <laughs> that is somehow even worse because you think like, okay, I'm, I'm going through the painful process of putting myself out there, but at least the audience will appreciate it. And yeah. then you go through all that and they go, eh, you know, what? I don't, I don't really think you should even put it in the book. It's not, it's not that engaging. It's not that good. And mm -hmm. that is, um, that is a tough pill to swallow when it comes to, uh, creating the, the toughest part you you know youtube streaming writing a book the toughest part is putting yourself out there and nobody gives a shit it is the, the the hardest part that you are really not really prepared for until you go through it and experience it um i'm sure you you've gone through it you put out these great podcasts or you put out a great youtube oh, video and maybe three people listen to it and it's just like yeah, it's rough. It was a rough grind, but That's, it's it's comforting to know that anyone who's ever been successful at this has done the same thing, has gone through the same process. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's tough. I had a similar experience. People know, like listening to the show, anytime it's an episode where it's just me, it's basically an episode where I'm just venting to an extent where I'm talking about like personal issues or whatever. And there was an episode a while back. This is, I forget if it was the beginning of this year or the very end of last year. Uh, like my grandmother was in like hospice care and in and out of the hospital dealing with uh, cancer and a number of other issues like partial dementia. And I had an episode where I'm like talking about it and I got a message afterwards where it's like, you need to have guests on your show because nobody wants to listen to this shit. And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thanks for the feedback. I'll let my grandmother know. Uh. Yeah, there's. Yeah. I've it's probably brutal. done the 10 to 15 se like solo episodes over the course of this show, uh, where like sometimes it's like a guest just the schedule doesn't work out or they have a last minute like issue or something. I'm like, all right, well, the show must go on. So like it's stuff like that or my schedule doesn't work out. Where I'm like, I'm I don't have enough time to schedule a guest and I'm on vacation or whatever. So I'm like, I'll just record. And uh, that's what it usually turns into. And uh, yeah, it it's funny. Like I've gotten feedback a number of times on those episodes. And that that one I shared is like, to me, the funniest one. Because it's like, I get it, bro. I'm just talking. Like, you don't need to be here. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, we're like 180 episodes in at this point. Why are you here? <laughs> if you're going to have a hard time listening to me tell my stories, I don't know what you're listening for. But it happens. But. Yeah, but the the one the one comforting thing is, and I'm sure you've heard this before, is you'll never you'll never get shit on by someone who's doing better than you or who is 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 doing what you're trying to do. Anyone who's been through the process of trying mm -hmm. to build a podcast or build a YouTube page, they will just be <clears throat> over the moon supportive of what you're doing and be yeah. very constructive. It's only people who have never created a piece of content content in their life who will mm -hmm. message you and say, ah, you, this, this was terrible. You don't know what the fuck you did. Like only people who just consume would ever say stuff like that to you. Anyone yeah. who's been through the process would always just be very encouraging and, and, and very helpful. And those are the people I try to listen to more than anything else. It, it is interesting too, like on the opposite side of things, like the weird dynamic where, Going through like a lot of the subreddits, like I mentioned earlier, like small YouTubers and so on and so forth, the people doing like, oh, I, I just hit 100 subscribers and 500 views or whatever, uh, ask me anything. It's like, 
like, I don't want to be rude to these people, but like at the same time, it's like, like no offense, but like that's not like a milestone. Like you know, like a hundred subscribers. Like good. I'm glad. Like I'm genuinely glad that you you did this. Like and that you're proud of your work. Like you know, gaining subscribers is not easy, right? It, it like you're doing something here. Yes, but it's like, are you in a position to like? provide like knowledge and support to people that are essentially in the same boat as you like it it is interesting <laughs> like the smallest amount of success people are like i know what i'm doing come to me for answers <laughs> yeah that, that that's like uh everyone's trying to to uh you know climb a, a staircase and everyone's mm-hmm. on the first step and you're on the third step and you're like hey i'm on the third step ask me anything on yeah. how i got yeah. here it's like okay well i'll be there soon pal just give me a second I want to mention, I forget if I talked about this on the show. There was a girl on, on Reddit in, I forget what the subreddit was, where she was asking for advice on how to like market, uh, like on Instagram, like how to sell her product on Instagram. And she's like, yeah, I sell uh, books and I'm looking to like figure out how to sell them on Instagram. People are giving her feedback. And I, I don't comment or anything. I just click on her profile and I'm like, what is she? I'm like trying to see like what it is she sells. And I find her profile and like one of her previous posts was like talking about like her products. And I click on it through to her website and she sells books on how to become successful on Instagram. I was like, this is hilarious. You're selling books on how to be successful on Instagram and you're on Reddit asking for help growing your Instagram page in order to sell your book yeah. on how to be successful. I'm like you're putting the cart before the horse here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's I, I I think that's what some people think they need to do is they need to they need to put on this persona like hey, I got it all figured out. Check out how great I am. That fake um, it before you and make then it they the mentality. Yeah, and then they think people will buy in that, but I think people as time goes on, people are much more interested in um either you've genuinely made it and you're taking some time to 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 you know talk about it that's why you know you know elon musk will do three podcasts but when he does they get five fifty million views because you know he's, he's been there and can talk about it or on the other side you haven't made it but you're talking about the steps you're taking the work you're doing and people can kind of get like excited and, and buy into to your journey and your process and and you know they they feel like they found uh, a young Steve Jobs or a young yeah. Mark Zuckerberg or something like that, and they're they're following you along. I think you know if if you are just starting out, just embrace the fact that you're starting out, and and find the beauty in that, and then communicate that with the with the people around you. And I think people are much more interested in that than you sitting there pretending like you you've got all the answers when you clearly don't. It's going to show through. Yeah. People give me a hard time about that where they're like, cause like I said, like I've worked with people like on YouTube um, and to like, I explain to people, I'm like, listen, I will explain the basics of YouTube to you and how to market on YouTube. Right. But people give me a hard time. Like, well, you're not a successful YouTuber. I'm like, I'm not trying to be like our podcast is automatically uploaded to YouTube. Like I'm not doing anything with that. I'm not marketing it in the slightest. So of course it's not doing like exceptionally well on YouTube because I'm not driving traffic there. I mean, I don't know the last time I physically went in and uploaded a video to YouTube that wasn't automatically moved over. Like I did a oh I that I did do that. I did, I, I forgot I did this a couple months ago. I streamed Starfield. Completely forgot about that that I even did that. I streamed Starfield and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Blows my mind. That's how time flies by. But yeah, like the last it's been over a year since I uploaded an actual video that was meant just for YouTube. And uh, people give me a hard time about that. And it's like, you, you really think I'm taking that seriously? It's like, I'm, I'm into like advertising and marketing, not YouTube content creation. The last video I uploaded and got 14,000 views. I'm like, don't give me a hard time. <laughs> and it's also, you're not sitting there saying, hey, you want to get 10 million views on your next video? Call me. I'll make it happen. Yeah. Like, you're not, you're not making these grandiose promises. I'm just explaining to them. Like I said, like the people I work with generally, it's like, I'm explaining the basics of it. And how like the marketing side of it works. I'm not telling them how to make the content or anything like that. I would say for what we did over the course of like essentially a year, our YouTube did pretty well. We had a couple thousand subscribers at the time. We were getting views on a lot of them. You know, I was proud of what we did. 
I mean, are back for blood. We got how many episodes did we do of that? 12 episodes. Every one of them got a little over 5,000 views. My Mario Party video is an hour and a half long. We got 53,000 views. I'll fucking take that. People give me yeah, I think so. <laughs> and it's also like, what what percentage of, of, think of all the people that make YouTube content, what percentage mm-hmm. of them are getting over, you know, 10,000 views or something like that's that? That's the funny thing fraction. too. Like, the people give me a hard time about it. I'm just like, bro, what are you, what are you fucking doing over there? Yeah. yeah. You got eight videos uploaded and seven views combined between them. Like, don't give me a hard time. Yeah. Like, I'll fucking work with you, whatever. But don't give me a hard time just because I'm not trying, like, working my ass off to build up something. Like, it, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm interested in doing the podcast to chat with people and marketing. Like, that, that's what I'm interested in right now. Yeah. But I'll never whatever. understand trashing someone for trying. I'll never understand it. They're trashing me for not trying. <laughs> dude, you suck at... That's like complaining like, dude, you suck at, at football. It's like, I don't play football. Fuck you. You suck at <laughs> yeah. it. It's like, all right. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, anyway, I don't know. If, was there anything else you wanted to add here? We're a little over an hour here. I think uh, I think we're good. I appreciate you having me on. This was awesome. awesome. And where can people can go to, to Amazon, get the, the book with no answers? Right. Yeah, you can look it up on, on Amazon, uh, the book with no answers, uh, Unlocking the Power of Questions for a Better Life. Uh, it's available on Amazon in uh, paperback and also on the, on Kindle if you're into that. Um, I encourage, uh, really I encourage anyone to check it out, but I encourage you if you feel like um, sometimes the days are turning into weeks and they're blending in and you're not sure kind of where you're going or why you're going there or um, or any of those things. If you're if you're looking for a book that might help you figure these things out on your own and just you know be a, a good friend along the way to um, to encourage you to ask yourself some questions. Um, I think the book is for you. And really, the message of the book is um, although it's fun to wander into forests and find answers, um, you will be surprised at the amount of answers you have um, in your own soul and in your own heart and in your own brain. Um, and I think this book will help you find those. So I encourage everyone here to, to, to give it a chance. And um, if anyone else wants to uh, to reach out to me, um, my uh, my email and my Instagram is in the book. So you have to buy, buy the book to find oh, it. There you go. Um, but uh, <laughs> my Instagram is uh, at Robbie Axelrod. Um, Robbie uh, Axelrod, as in uh, Axelrod from the TV show Billions. Um, Feel free to, to hit me up. Happy to chat. And uh, thanks, Josh, for having me on. Awesome. I appreciate it. We'll put all the links in the description for you guys. Go check out Productions.live. Got links in the description for that as well. Thank you guys for listening. It's been episode 206 of the Dead Justice Productions podcast. See you guys next time. Bye.